Last time on The Randomizer. An alien force has seized Mars. Their intention? To capture and plunder Earth. An elite defense unit, the Terrahawks, with a secret base in a remote area of South America and equipped with the most sophisticated fighting machines yet devised by man, is ready to engage the new Martians. Their first attack has already been repelled, but using her mysterious powers, alien android Zelda has taken Terrahawk commander Dr. Neinstein hostage, and he is now aboard her spaceship. He orders his Terrahawk gunship to open fire and destroy the alien craft, even though he is aboard. Terrahawk's Lieutenant Hero is confronted with an impossible decision. What would you do, 101? It's not for us to make decisions. You're right, of course. I must make the decision. 101? Open fire! And now, the conclusion. And I do like that the recap just ends with the ship blowing up. I don't like this. Tiger! Thank God you're all right. Oh, thank God. It's the G word. Don't often hear that in a puppet show. You mean, what am I doing here on Earth? Well, I had this theory, and it's relatively complicated. But I figured that if their ship was destroyed, their power to hold me would also be destroyed. And you were right. Uh, you just pulled that out of your backside, didn't you, Doctor? We are rejoining back... Who would really think that was... Back on board. Yes, sir. Even on the table. Just give me a few minutes. Even with a very complicated theory. Oh, and here we go. Yes, last week we lost Zeroid number 13. We are now holding a funeral for him, and it's one of the saddest things, I think, in any Anderson production. These robots, these little chunks of metal and plastic, honouring one of their fallen comrades. It's such a perfect image. Again, it's, it so establishes the Zeroids as characters. I don't understand. I mean, when we get back, they'll make another number 13, won't they? You know your trouble, 35. You've got no art. And I do look at Zeroid 35 there, and I do feel just a bit guilty that uh, in the Big Finish audio stories, I actually killed that character to, uh, to be replaced with the female Zeroid 35. But uh, as yeah, we heard from that dialogue there, I don't think he would care that he got killed. They would just build another one, wouldn't they? It also establishes Zero as uh, as someone slightly apart from his men in terms of his emotions and his feelings and his responses to things. He's not reacting in a robotish way. Yes, Sergeant Major. I wanted to see you. And we just had a glimpse of a, a different Neinstein puppet there. We're now back to the hideous one that we were stuck with for last week. You are a machine. So I gather some parts of this episode were reshot at some point. You are zero. You are absolute zero. Zilch. In future, if I say jump, you jump. Well, don't just sit there. Say something. Yes, Doctor. Again, we have this uh, awful... Um, the, the characters being so deadly serious in the um, the early episodes I think particularly the having the uh, narrator on the, the recap there I know we need a recap we need someone to explain what's going on 
But uh, I think the, re the, the narrator is just... Party? Yes. ...is just slightly too silly. If it had been one of the regular characters, maybe Zelda herself, that would have been fine. But uh, yeah, the narrator is, is a certain level of cheese that... Um, you know, that coupled with the, the seriousness of uh, what's going on, or supposedly going on, it just... Uh... Okay, folks, let's raise our glasses. But here we are at the opposite end of the spectrum. We're having a party. Encounter with the new Martians. New Martians again. one C-I-G. Champagne is go. Oh, dear. Actually, sir, is champagne is gone. <laughs> and my head is spinning. Dr. Einstein. Yes, Hero? Zelda, she's on her way back. But we're having a party. With booze and everything. In this universe of ours is impossible. You should have known that, Doctor. When I lost my power to control matter, you were automatically returned to Earth. And I to Mars. There was a brief insert shot of Mary Falconer there looking absolutely stoned. Your hostility. I return to Earth in peace. Why would blowing up her ship return Zelda to Mars? I mean, maybe she's... I guess that Stations. sometimes comes under the uh, Zelda reclaims her own thing, but I don't, I don't see any way that... Blowing up her ship with a tiger on it would return Tiger to Earth. She's hostile. If she gets any closer, just let her have it. Also seeing the puppets in their party gear here just emphasizes how massive their heads are and how small their arms are. When Tiger's got his hand up to his ear there, it looks um a bit silly. Doctor, Zelda's ship is standing off, just out of range of our guns. Alright, hero. We're on a 1040 down here. I'm going to the Terrorhawk. Keep your eyes peeled. And expect the unexpected. Ten, ten. And um, of course, this wasn't the the first two-parter that we had in the Anderson world, but um, I bring a it's one of the first. It's also one of the first where the second episode of the series follows directly on from the first. So that I may confer with your commander. We had that with uh, Stingray, of course, and Captain Scarlet. Revealed to no one. But they weren't like part two of the previous episode. This one is marked as part two, but again, it doesn't feel like a continuation so much as just here's another unrelated adventure. Here's a bit more stuff. I believe you are friendly, but then you attacked us. I didn't attack. But this is nice. Defended myself. One of your robots attacked me. Zelda sowing the seeds of doubt. But number 13 did not fire first. I have never, never, never disobeyed an order a jump cut to what looks like an unrelated shot of zero for the second half of that scene there tiger's crazy i know wants to give that cat the benefit of the doubt yeah some of my best friends are androids hawkwing you have it that's a fairly um i don't know specious thing to say there hawkeye considering that you do actually work with a whole army of robots who are all absolutely lovable and perfect what you're saying, Sergeant Major Zero is not, uh, you, don't, you don't have much time for him? Katie, Hawkeye, you know the drill. Circle the landing area. If Zelda makes one hostile move, blast her. Ten, ten. Ten. Oh yeah, because it worked so well last time. Time, same place, huh? Don't you think she's deceiving you? Well, someone is deceiving me. Oh, don't distrust Zero. 
it's, it's interesting looking at um, the first episode, knowing what the show eventually became, the running themes and threads that would that would be weaved through the series, what they choose to introduce here. And I think it's a good idea to introduce the Tiger Zero friction here. But... Um, Katie, but I certainly know what I've got for her if there's any kind of trouble. Ooh. Yeah, certain ideas are introduced that just uh, don't go anywhere. It's also interesting... What do you think Zelda really has in store for us? Well, as I always say... Expect the unexpected. And even Zero's fed up with him. It's interesting what the show chooses to introduce. What's in store for our little earthlings, don't we? Oh, We've yeah. had Zelda in the first half, and although we saw a cube near the end of part one, we now have a whole army of them to throw at the Terror Hawks. <laughs> and although the cubes are rather iconic, um, probably mostly due to the end titles, it's like introducing those as Zelda's first thing that she's going to throw against them. I mean, what about the Zeefs? The Zeefs, I would say, are far more important to the, the show overall than the cubes, and yet it's the cubes that get thrown out, uh, thrown out first. We're now introducing Battle Tank as well, which looks very nice. Battle Tank always looks perfect. You do wonder, why weren't you using this in part one? Zero. Aside from holding some stuff back for part two. Hawk. Okay. Hawkwing, what is Zelda's 1020? Well, she's about 30 miles south. She'll be landing in a few minutes. 1010. We're going to a full 1040, Tiger. Shotgun. Do you feel like a piggyback? Stand by to receive borders. Oh, they're going to do it again this week. Okay. So that's two episodes they used it in, but I don't remember it being used much more after this. They must have been really proud of this idea if we've, Queen at we've had it in both parts of the two-parter. Yeah, she comes. Oh, Mary is looking almost as bad as Tiger by this point. She looks very stiff and lifeless. That's a lovely shot, actually, of uh, Zelda's central hub ship landing. And nice... Uh, Look up the uh, the underside of it. But I have won your confidence. You have not won our confidence yet. But for the moment, we are prepared to give you the benefit of the doubt. Very wise. I do actually like this idea of, um, yeah, giving her the benefit of the doubt. Possibly there's a piece to be brokered here. All matter. I will now perform a small miracle for you. Ooh. Look to the west, Doctor. The land is bright. Katie, Hawkeye, stand by. Ten, ten. What did you say? Right, the deal's off. I'm nuking you all. Yeah, not the best thing to say on an open channel, Mary. What are we building to here? What's she doing? Don't trust her, sir. The spaceship is glowing. And... Well, this sounds harmless and innocent. Tiger! She'll kill us all! Hawkwing, ram that ship. And a different shot of... A different tiger puppet used there in that shot. This is the one that would uh, later become the most commonly seen. So I don't know if this is a reshoot or if they had multiple tiger puppets available when they made this episode. And for some reason they chose to use the uglier one of the two. 
Ah, Zelda's built them a road. How, uh... Hawkwing? How thoughtful. Ten. It is a miracle. Well, yeah, but, you know, on a sliding scale of miracles, it's not that impressive. Just imagine what other benefits I could bring to your planet. Like railways and airports. I take it I have safe conduct. Yes. Yes, Zelda, you have my word. Um, you've given us a road and we're grateful. You can go now. It's been a misunderstanding. Are you sure, Tiger? Zelda, you are clear to leave. Thank you, Commander. Hero, did you get that? Yes, I got that, Doctor. We will keep well out of range. 10-10. And I, th I think the hero puppet looks quite nice as well, actually, although there's a slightly feminine touch to him that uh, I think it might actually be the hair. He, he looks like he's got 80s woman's hair. Mandalay. Road to Mandalay? Um, it's an old song. Sung by grandfather. I didn't. Uh, grandfather, I had a test tube. I'm a clone, remember? Tiger, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean. Mary, why don't we take my old. I'm getting whiplash. The new highway. This conversation makes no, no sense. You, Zero. My roller. My Rolls Royce. Get it? Uh, this is an odd moment where it feels like Tiger and Mary haven't actually known each other that long. Considering that Tiger has a Rolls Royce. <whistles> Secreted in the front of Battlehawk, and uh. You didn't tell me! You didn't tell her! Well, I don't tell you everything. I wouldn't tell you about the talking car that will later go on to prove absolutely invaluable through the rest of the series. Why would I tell you about that? Totally restored. Uh, a few alterations, a new power plant, new interior, and all the latest technology. It can think and speak for itself. Like Zero? Not like Zero. This machine has breeding. I do like this idea as well. That rather coarse whistle indicated that my services were required. Tiger isn't against the idea of technology or even sentient technology. He just doesn't like Zero. Certainly. Your voice print has been checked and the doors are now unlocked. Welcome aboard, sir. Yep, so we're now introducing Hudson as uh, another feature of the series. Holding him back for part two. Again, I think one of the more successful elements of the series, Hudson. Heuristic universal driver with sensory and orbital navigation. Oh, thank you. Hudson for sure. Electronics by hero. Exactly. What's happened to your neck, Mary? It seems to have been swallowed up by your uniform. There's to be an obstruction ahead, sir. And what I, I find slightly... Um, what are they? I don't... Odd about this scene, but rather charming overall throughout the whole series is uh Hudson doesn't appear to have any weapons. Let's get out of here. Yeah, you know, Fab One. I'm taking over. As you wish. Sir. Is loaded with um you know machine guns and flamethrowers and rocket launchers and uh all sorts of terrible things. Hudson doesn't appear to have any of that stuff. He just sort of gets by on, on class and cool. What's happening? Force field also an idea that didn't last much beyond the early episodes, um, Tiger actually driving Hudson. That was obvious. We're trapped. That's also obvious. Try the phaser, Hudson. Although oh. theory is... He does have a weapon. And it doesn't work. 
Could be why we never saw it again. The force field is impenetrable. I'm afraid so. Yep, the... Give me a satellite link. Army of cubes have surrounded Hudson. Is that a force field? Box. This is a 1090. We are trapped in what I believe to be an impenetrable force field. Stand by for instructions. In the meantime, make no attempt to rescue us. I promise you, Doctor, that I will not attempt to rescue you. <laughs> Oh, she's wonderful. Your tomb. And be sure of it. You will both die. Again, I don't remember the cubes um, we... making force fields between themselves after this episode. Maybe it did happen, but... Uh, I've been talking to Hawkeye. It's not a feature that they made much use of. Through the top of the force field. Uh, Your fate is sealed. Goodbye, Doctor! I hate to say it. Then I will. Zero was right. It's ironic, isn't it? He's the only one who can save us. By increasing his mass? Yeah. He can make himself as heavy as a black hole. If he hit one of these posts, he could break the field. But we can't call him. An increasing mass was something that, again, I don't think would actually work in real life, but it's something in this show that, um... Well, I told him that if... It's so off the wall as an idea that it kind of works. Have him taken apart. Oh, charming. Thank you, Tiger. I could save Mary. And the Doctor. <laughs> but I will not disobey an order. Oh. Not disobey an order. Go on. I definitely will not disobey an order. The heck I won't. Hey. That's it. Zero off to the rescue. I don't know where the rest of the Zeroids are at times like this. It seems like they might be useful, but... Uh... Guy, do you see what I see? I sure do. He's increasing his mass. I just hope he's a good pitcher. He could smash that car to pieces. More lovely music here. Zero. Keep rolling, baby. Yeah, one hit completely breaks the force field, shatters all the cubes. Fantastic, Sergeant Major. Just fantastic. It was nothing, Mom. <laughs> nothing. You're right. Tiger! Joke, joke. It was just my little joke. Extremely little, Benson. Oh. Um. We're on our way home now, I guess. So that, uh. That army of 20 cubes. I think Hudson is absolutely magnificent. You just left them to roam free, do you? Hudson! I do believe you're blushing. No, madam. It's my natural colour. I guess because we need time to introduce this. Chameleon. I wonder what they actually did with this road that Zelda created afterwards. I would have thought they'd have to... have to forbid anyone to use the cursed road. White and blue. Truly British, Hudson. Truly British. Meanwhile, the cubes that the Terrorhawks have let go are destroying a small town somewhere. All right, Zero. Up on your perch. Different tiger puppet again. Today, and he's back to his ugly self. Once again, you started to think for yourself. Well, yes, sir, but... Uh, when are you going to realize 
that you were made and programmed by a superior being. With due respect, sir, weren't you? Oh, and that's a cool line. Sergeant Major. But it does make Tiger look very unlikable. And the fact that his teeth are all but falling out of his mouth in this horrible puppet. I hate this early Tiger puppet. Ugh. Doesn't help either. Thanks, Zero. I'm off to the dentist. Thanks, Zero. Yay. Ooh, wonders never cease. Happy Zero. Believe it. I can't believe it. I'm over the moon. I'm right over the moon. Oh, I love you, Windsor Davies. I miss you. And now we're introducing Zelda's cryogenic store. Again, without much explanation. Friends, my first encounters with the Terrorhawks have failed. But now I am going to give you your chance. Saram. Oh, here he comes. Of planet felony. I am going to bring you out. And this is a very freaky shot to end the uh, the episode on, the reveal of SRAM. Although it's interesting if you look at the order in which things are introduced in this show. <laughs> Among the Martian characters, we have Zelda and then SRAM, before either Youngstar or Sistar. And I don't know why... Oh, that is a very freaky shot of SRAM. Yeah, I don't know why why we weren't introduced to Youngstar or Sistar. You would think as uh, fairly prominent characters, they would want them to be showcased here, but apparently not. Anyway, that was Expect the Unexpected Part 2, which, um, well, was more of the same, really. Again, not the show's finest hour by any means. Um, focused a bit more on the Tiger and Zero relationship, which is rather nice. But uh, I just... I can see why people had trouble with the show when it first started. The puppets are... I'm sure the puppeteers are doing the best that they could, but the puppets are just a bit too ugly to really generate much sympathy. We uh, Our sympathies are much more with the Zeroids and, ironically, with uh, with Zelda herself. I, uh, I kind of like the idea that she just came to Earth, gave them a free road, and then cleared off. That was her evil plan for the week. Um, hopefully, next time we see her, she'll have a slightly better plan up her sleeve.